Who's wrong and who's wronger? In this corner, followed by Millions James, the exploding unicorn, Breakwell. And in that corner, ignored by Millions, Steve Dosh, Rinko Lieber. and welcome to February in Anchorage. I am Steve, freezing my nards off Olivas, and he is James in the balmy Breakwell Estate. Breakwell saying thank you, all three of you, for watching. And James, I'm on the verge of hypothermia over here, but how are you doing? I am marveling at a wonderful human invention. <laughs> it's called Walls. <laughs> So I asked Steve why, after yeah. you've spent yeah. your life savings and probably several other people's life savings to make the house on the ranch livable, do you go outside to record where yeah. it is clearly very cold? And he said because he only has one room and his wife yeah. is asleep. I don't know. Yeah. It is, my house is probably not that much bigger than your house, but it, ha it is divided by solid structures <laughs> creating separate spaces within it. It's a, it's a novel invention. It's only been around for a few thousand years, and I really think you should invest in it. Get your, get your Amish guys back over there. Have them throw up hmm. some walls, because open concept is a trap. You have, uh, as you have discovered, and now you're going to get hypothermia because of it, because you've you bought into the HGTV narrative, and it's going to cost you your toes. Wait, what is the HGTV narrative? Open concept, open concept, open concept, space for entertaining. It's all a lie, Steve. <laughs> First of all, I'm sort of like you in this category. I do not entertain. Like, <laughs> well, I know. I've, I I've think... seen you, yeah. <laughs> Everyone who listens <laughs> to this podcast can attest you do not oh. entertain. <laughs> we need to narrow our definition yes. of words here. <laughs> <laughs> but both of us, I think, are identical that way. Look at the act of Congress it's taken to try to figure out how we're going to get you to visit here ever. And uh, although your newsletter this week about you resisting the uh, the family's pull to even go to a restaurant is uh, quite powerful. So, yeah, we don't want anyone here. We're just trying to survive. I went with the double hood and the gloves and uh, the, the, the hat with the ear flaps today so I wouldn't die during the podcast. Although our ratings may actually spike to five or six people then. But uh, walls are a convenience that is restricted only to people of your stature. James, I am lowly. I am a servant of the people. I was gonna I was gonna suggest <sighs> that you record in that big ma magnificent shed of a garage you built. But then I realized you have an entire second cabin there. You have two houses. Why don't you just go use house number two? You know, <clears throat> I'm sitting on the picnic table staring at house number two, <laughs> and I was thinking the exact same thing. <laughs> It's a good question, James. I'm glad you brought it up because I, I don't have an answer. I'm going to mull that over as I'm dying here. I guess I thought you've been recording outside for the past 60 episodes because you were like showing off nature. And, I, and here it is. You just you just forgot that you had a second house. So, I, OK, we, we're learning something today. Uh, well, for part of those 60 episodes, the second house, like the living room, was full of junk because we had to take everything out of the bedroom when we painted mm. it. 
And now everything is back in the bedroom. So I would have a place to go. We have recorded in that second house before. The reason we're not doing it today is uh, probably not a good one. What it, it, are, was that a setup for for the not good reason, or or was that just no, a, no? Okay. The not good one is I didn't think of it because okay. my brain is too cold. Well, I mean that's fair. That's fair. Early stages of hypothermia that'll get you. Although I I think I might I might prefer that you record in the shed with that big fancy tractor you've got. Maybe in the cab of the tractor you'd be double insulated. You'd have the walls of the shed and the walls of the cab. I mean, no cold could touch you, Steve. The tractor is not in the garage yet because the garage is full of crap. Why do you like uh, we you, we have <laughs> I'm just I don't understand. You just you have stuff. You you went up here to simplify your life and you've just got crap everywhere. You you've given me like seven different places where you've stashed your refuse. <laughs> well, and we still have storage bins from moving from Olivas Manor, which oh. we still haven't had a chance to put here because we have no time and no money. But the garage is full of construction materials because we're still not done. The cabin still needs to have all of the outside ripped off and redone, and that takes time and money, and that puts us dead in the water for the time being. We have a nice bay with a front and a back door to get in and out of the garage so the tractor never has to back up. But it's it's full of siding right now. Have you considered selling organs? I mean, by part, you're probably worth quite a bit. I mean, to me as a whole, you are worth less. But by the piece, <laughs> you would have value on the black market. I'm running out of kidneys and lungs and eyeballs to sell on the black market, James. I've been thinking about selling DNA. Like, uh, I'm sure oh. young women everywhere would be delighted to have a Steve Olivas love child, right? Oh, my God. <laughs> I can't. I mean, if you went to one of those sperm banks, they would just look, take one look at you and reject you. Be like, no, there's, this DNA needs to come to an end. There's no there's no way. I have a PhD. I've got to have something going for me. Yeah, but you also have a curse. I mean, you can see it radiating <laughs> off of you. <laughs> like the cold on your <laughs> breath, it's it's visible. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't say it would be a kid who might make good life choices. I'm just saying he's going to be bright and probably have a sense of humor. Uh, yeah, and, and he will fail to entertain just like his father. This is this is you're going to be your legacy. <laughs> Man, so Hopefully he'll meet the good version of James Breakwell at some point down the road. There, I'm just hoping there for is, my unborn children. There is no good version. You know this. I know this. What you see <laughs> is what you get. A guy alone in his house with walls and a guy slowly freezing to death outside. Why, why is it so cold there? I thought Tennessee was supposed to be warm. I don't know, but I think the climate crisis has hit Rattlesnake Ranch. I'm getting sick of killing my vegetables, James. And that's not a metaphor. Man, that's a, what, what vegetables? What'd you plant? Uh, I planted 12 different vegetables in, like, red Solo cups inside the house <laughs> to get them started. And I figured late March, early April, I'll get them out because that's when the temperature starts turning. <laughs> so the most uh, aggressive grow... The, the best growers inside were my cucumbers and I had five of them going. So in, I, I think the first week of April, I put three of them out and they died immediately. Cause it got down to like 28 degrees <laughs> that week. 
And the others I put out just this past week, and I checked them before I came over to record with you, and they're about dead now. And everything that was green inside comes out here and immediately freezes to death. I, I don't even know when the planting season is anymore because it's May. It's supposed to be in the 80s every day. And it's still getting down to 40 or below at night. It's it's absurd, James. It uh, it pleases me that you still have the touch of death. So you've got that going for you. But I... <laughs> I actually thought we were going to have the same thing with our uh, with our apple trees. We planted two apple trees the year we moved in, 2008. And in all that yeah. time, we'd get like an apple or two a year. And then we had, oh, two, no. we had two years with just crazy bumper crops. I mean, these trees are like 30 feet tall now. They're huge. And uh, but this this year I was like, OK, they, they didn't even blossom. So they probably blossomed and all the blossoms froze to death. I didn't even see it. But then I actually went out there one day and the tree was just full of flowers i had not missed it it had just been delayed it had waited and waited and waited <laughs> until the frost was completely over and then finally when every single branch was covered in blooms then it froze two days in a row <laughs> but you know what those things are still on the tree i thought for sure we'd lose all of them and they're still up there so we may end up with a thousand apples this year and they will get heavy and fall off when I'm not looking. And the pigs will eat 99% of them. But if I'm lucky, I'll get 8 to 10 apples. So we'll see. We'll see if I can fight the pigs for those. What kind of apple tree do you have that grows to 30 feet? <sighs> Maybe 30 feet's an exaggeration. I guess my house is probably just 30 feet would be, uh, would be what, three stories? So yeah, it's probably, yeah, yeah. yeah, I guess it's probably 20 feet then. It is about two stories tall. I I exaggerated to seem like a big man, Steve, and you couldn't let me have it. You had to, you had to diminish my tree by a third. No, I want a tree like that. That's why I'm asking. Oh, God, my, my measly 20-foot tree. Man, I, it's very hard to reach the stuff at the top. I got a, I got a giant. I have two giant apple pickers, actually. You got to hold this big metal rod Ooh. way over your head to go up there. And you're supposed to gently get the apple in the basket, but usually it doesn't work. Usually you just use that big giant stick to kind of thwack it and hope it hope it lands <laughs> like gently. Like a pinata. <laughs> exactly. You just go, I mean, after a while, you can't like you can't like weave that needle through 95 branches to get that one apple in the middle of the tree. So you just kind of take it and you just start hitting the just hitting the tree and see what falls out. God, I remember when I was a kid, we had an apple tree in the backyard and my mother would make applesauce. And like you said, when you get a bumper crop year, you can't keep up with the apples. Like it's ridiculous how many they churn out. But I remember hitting those with the riding lawnmower and launching them like <laughs> like in Julianne fashion into the neighbor's yard. It's, wow. uh, it's a lawn mowing nightmare, an apple tree. Yeah, a lot of people who are really into their yards uh, absolutely hate them. And I don't get that. Like, there are so many useless trees out there just freeloading off the land, <laughs> never giving anything back. And uh, yeah. I don't know who would want that. I, I don't get it. I, I want a tree that produces something, even if that something makes more work for me, even if I have to go out there and pick it and then wash it, and then cut it open because every third piece of it is full of worms. And even if we have to make a oh, million no. pies we don't want and then give them away, <laughs> I still feel like the tree has contributed in some small way, even if it ended up costing me time and money. Because you know what? Apples at the grocery store are dirt cheap, and you don't have to wait 15 years for the tree to grow. You just go, and you hand the store money, and they hand you apples. It, it is amazing how capitalism works. Yeah, it's an interesting point you're making because we just planted an apple tree and a peach tree and then a dead stick 
that the Mennonites told, or the Amish people, I'm not sure what they, we went to the next town over because uh, we heard they were selling cheap fruit trees. And so we bought an apple tree that's doing great and uh, a stick that they said was a pecan tree that has done nothing in the two weeks or three weeks now it's been in the ground. And then recently I planted a peach tree, which I think is dead because it froze last night. But the point is, these aren't going to come to fruit for several years now. And do you know how many bags of apples or peaches I could buy in the meantime for probably lower of a cost than the trees cost? I, I don't know why we do it, James, but it's, uh, it's, it's fulfilling to see that you can create food. You, uh, you raise a, a relevant point because Amish stuff is not cheap. They charge for craftsmanship, which I'm not, I'm not sure what the craftsmanship is on a tree. It's not like they built it from you from scratch. They, they put a pecan in the, in the dirt like 10 years ago and they're like, ah, I guess we can sell this now. That's yeah. But like, I mean, we've got that around here too. We've got a, we've got a place that does all the, all the Amish meats and cheeses and jerkies and stuff like yeah. that. And it's, yeah, del yeah. it's delicious, but you, you pay a premium for that, uh, that Amish name brand, man. It is, uh, so I'm guessing, so you're, you've got, you didn't just go to Menards and get some trees. You didn't just go to Walmart no. and get some trees or the random, the random pop-up nursery in a parking lot of a gym somewhere you <laughs> got premium certified amish trees man and you want you wonder why well, you're going broke man stop buying the expensive stuff yeah we bought a premium amish certified apple tree and then i was looking at the pecan trees which i think are pronounced pecan in the south but uh their trees were like 60 bucks and then they had this charlie brown looking stick that said it didn't even say what kind like that <laughs> i think our apple tree is like virginia black apples or something exotic like that the pecan trees said like what kind of pecan tree they were this just said pecan undefined <laughs> and i think they literally broke a stick off a tree and stuck it in a bag of mulch and it was only half price which is why i bought it james it was only 30 bucks and it has uh taken up a cursed spot in my yard ever since ah, i just ran my hand through bird poop <laughs> God dang birds you were not built for the outside why did you buy this ranch what are you doing why do birds sit on the picnic table? There, we have 80 acres of freaking trees, James. God dang it. Man, yeah, birds are birds uh. are the worst in every possible way. Although I have been playing a board game with Wingspan where you just you you build an arboretum of birds. The cards are beautiful colors. What? And uh, this board game has made me like birds again. But then I, I look at somebody like you and I remember birds are real. And in the real world, when they're not printed on a card, when they're not part of a delightful, whimsical board game, they are the worst. They are they are Satan's spawn and should be eradicated. So I am of two minds. I like birds in board games. I hate birds in real life. Uh, except when they poop on you, I guess. Then I, I'm going to have to be pro-bird again. I'm coming around. It's been a whirlwind, Steve. <laughs> I think birds are the epitome of pure evil, James. My God, just what? The birds are ruthless out here. Most of the other animals kind of get along. The coyotes will eat something once in a while, which I guess could be defined as ruthless. But for the most part, everyone kind of has their territory. The birds assume the entire territory is theirs, and they must be at war constantly with any other bird species, including their own, that might encroach upon it. It's, uh, it's prehistoric, the way birds think. 
That's why they're so creepy. They're little dinosaurs with those scaly feet and those claws on them, the, the hard beaks. I mean, it's uh, it's unnerving. And then you can get the big ones like the turkeys, man. Those are those are like a velociraptor. Like, I mean, in a fight, Steve, do you really think you could beat a turkey? Like, really? I'll tell you what, the uh, the deers are afraid of the male turkeys who have been guarding the mineral block and running off the deers that are coming to lick the mineral block. So they're probably one-fifth or one-sixth the body weight of a deer, but their aggression and level of evil just freaks the deers out. So I don't know what to do about it because I can't keep the turkeys away from the mineral block without keeping the deers away. But I'll tell you this, it is fun to watch. The answer to your question is, I have no idea, but I wouldn't want to try. Like the turkeys, the male turkeys are probably north of 30 pounds. Like they're just enormous and uh, and they suck. So <laughs> I know. if you want to fight, you, you don't want to fight a crazy person. That's my point. Turkey is a crazy person with claws. Yeah, cause I, I couldn't help but notice that no matter how much you complained about the turkeys, you never say you go out there and chase them away. You just cower inside your house when Mrs. Steve allows you inside your one-room one farm cabin down there. <laughs> and you watch them, and you complain, and you, you gripe about them. But never once did you say, well, I picked up a stick and just shooed them away. You just you, you have not asserted dominance over your land. It, uh, it belongs to the turkeys. Hey, I told you last week about my saga trying to shoot one of them that had the audacity to come near the house. It's not like I cower. It's just that I don't I, I don't have the opportunity to shoot them that I wish I had. Well, you're clearly not a threat with a firearm and they're aware of this. You don't so just <laughs> take a take a stick or better yet, take that take that the giant tractor you've got with the big scooper on it and just go yeah. out there and put the scooper down and just go in bulldozer mode and surely, surely they will get out of the way. I don't know if you've ever seen a turkey run, James. It's weird because they're birds that they rarely fly. But when they want to escape, flying is like a last option. They <laughs> run. And they're like a crazy Usain Bolt when they run. They lean forward like some kind of Warner Brothers cartoon, and their feet are a fury. <laughs> their legs are akimbo, James Breakwell. Akimbo? Is that... I guess I thought that meant like spread, like like the splits, okay? So you're going to you're gonna have to educate me on the meaning of a word today. What does akimbo mean? I thought akimbo meant like uh, crazy, like uh, crazy legs, that they're just going in all directions and moving fast. I would, I would Google it to prove us both wrong, but I think I'm happier living in ignorance. I will, I will choose to believe <laughs> that akimbo means a turkey's legs churning in a whirlwind like Roadrunner in a cartoon. Like that's, yes. that's what I'm picturing here. It's what they do. I'm telling you, I've seen it many times. But that would achieve your goal if just every time they assemble out there, you do a pass with the tractor, then they will stay away, and your your block will be free once again for the deer. Yeah. Well, last time I was up there, I think the turkeys were watching me from the woods because they were gobbling. The males gobble, mm -hmm. the females kind of purr and cluck but i could hear the males gobbling when i went back to the house by the time i got inside and walked to the back window to look out the turkeys were already back on the mineral block so i think they just retreat long enough for me to do my business and get out of there and then they reassemble and uh, like lock elbows and make some kind of weird ring around the mineral block because there's like 12 kernels of corn 
in this one foot cube mineral block <laughs> and they have uh they've determined it is theirs and not the deers so you're telling me that female turkeys purr are you sure that you're not in fact dealing with cats God, I hope not. No, it's a uh, female turkeys cluck for the most part, but when they're trying to send a signal to the dudes that it's okay to come and uh, have a little violent lovemaking session, they kind of purr. Really? So I... when when you when you run the turkey call, if you're just doing a cluck, you do like a kick 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 kick. But when you want to attract the males in like a an amor an amorous, I'm trying to work the word amor into here. You sort of run one part of the call over the rep over the other, so it goes like that. <laughs> do you do you actually make this sound trying to attract turkeys? Well. <clears throat> My father-in-law got me a real turkey call because he was very disappointed by my video where I was doing my turkey call, which was gobble, gobble, gobble. <laughs> I just it seemed like it was accurate. I don't know. I mean, I'm just imagining how repulsive you are to human women. And then you try to cross <laughs> species lines and attract, you know, turkeys. And there's there's just no way. There's there's no way in this foreign turkey language that you're ever going to attract them. You're just going to weird them out and make them feel bad and uncomfortable. <laughs> and that, maybe that's what you should do. You should go up to that block of minerals and make your sexiest yeah. turkey sounds. And they will Ooh. be so turned off that like human women, they will avoid... Avoid that area forever. It will be tainted with your dark presence. And even when you're not there, you'll you'll be there. They'll remember. I, I could uh, leave my scent there, like many places where I pee around the ranch, try uh, to keep the coyotes away. Man, so is, is there no food that deer eat that turkeys don't? Is there not a not a deer specific food that would solve this problem? I think I told you last fall, I started buying wheat because the turkeys prefer the wheat. And I did that so I could keep the turkeys out of the corn so that the deer could have it because they were running the deer off of the feeder. So I spread the wheat out like uh, a little ways away from the feeder so the turkeys kind of mill around over there and then the deers can come out of the woods and eat the corn. It's a constant struggle to outsmart these animals, James. You could also just feed none of them, let them stop freeloading <laughs> off you like an unproductive apple tree, and just make them get their own food. We've gone all the way around the block to get to the neighbor's house here as you bring it back home to the apple trees. That's, yes. That's all I do. We don't talk about anything, but we don't talk about anything in a very satisfying way that always comes full circle. It's, a, it's off topic and on topic at the same time. The yin and yang of random rambling discourse. And yet it always seems like I lose in the end. And uh, that's that's baffling to me, James, because I'm a good person. Well, one, false, and two, we both lose. We lose, the listener loses, everybody loses. Actually, <laughs> yeah. speaking of listener singular, I, I, yeah. we should give a shout-out to, uh, to intern Carol from back in the day. Uh, did you get the message oh, uh, from, from I did. Her? Okay. I did. Her daughter sent it. Yeah, yeah. She was she was having some vision problems and she can't see anymore. And she sent us a very heartbreaking message that said she can't uh, she can't rewrite my posts anymore. She can't do this. And uh, I told her I sent her a message back that said, "Well, you can listen to my newsletters. I record them yep. with my voice." And uh, she did not reply. So I don't think.
think she's interested in that. I think, <laughs> I think, I think it was really a breakup email, and I totally misread it. It's like, no, no, you don't have to go, and I should have taken the hint with it's the not you, it's me part. But we should give her a shout out. She was she was there for all those years when we were doing the doing our debates where I stopped you a hundred percent of the time, and we never remembered to go back and tabulate the results because we had polls in several different places. Right, and she would compile the results for us for which she never received anything. We did not pay her anyway. <laughs> we generally forgot to thank her. And she was just, she just did it because she liked it. She just thought it was fun. So, uh, so good for her. So shout out to Carol. I'm sure you're never going to see this. I mean, your daughter probably values you, your time. So she's not going to like put this on play for you because that would just be torture. But uh, in, in case anybody <laughs> does know her in real life, please relay the message that we are wishing her the best. And, uh, and, yes. we, and we do miss her. Those were, those were good times those were our golden uh the golden years back when we had numerical proof that i was better than steve now we just kind of have more wishy-washy subjective evidence that i'm better which is which is okay but not as good as those hard numbers i can't remember the final tally of uh, of all of our debates the the win-loss column for both of us I mean, somebody's got we had two interns. I can't remember the other one. It was she who shall remain nameless. Man, we are the worst people in the world. We're going to have to wait till the other intern has some major health crisis and her daughter messages us. I'm like, oh, yes, now we remember. We just Steve, we're so small time. We have so few listeners. We should know them both. By, know. We should know them all by first and last name. We should know their addresses. We should send them Christmas cards. And yet here we are, utter monsters, taking these people for granted so if you are it's out there awful. oh you just you we we appreciate all of you the, the fewer you because there are so few we can value you more it's like it's like trading cards if there's only one of that card in existence <laughs> it's worth a million dollars but if there's thousands of that card it's worthless so because you are so rare you are precious mm. to us each and every one of you even if we only sometimes remember your names and uh, there are only two of us, which means I am immensely valuable to James Breakwell. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna say that's a lie, but I, 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 you know, you made me jump in, Steve. You were clearly beginning your outro, and you just, had I to, was, uh, I did that to you twice now. But you, that time you paused. That time you were clearly waiting for me to be outraged, so I can't even feel bad <laughs> about it. I like the move though. Before I do the outro, where <laughs> you basically said, "Hey, you want to go out Friday night?" And the girl says, I can't go out Friday night. And you said, well, how about Saturday? And then there was no answer. <laughs> <laughs> he said, yeah, now she can listen to my newsletter. And it was like, all right, well, there you go. <laughs> anyway, all of you can blow off Breakwell online, too, and not listen to his newsletter. Or you can just not listen and pay attention to us every week here on Wrong and Wronger. And until we meet again, until we come face to phone with all of you and occupy a little part of your brain that you wish was no longer there, this is Steve, the freezing psychologist Olivas, saying goodbye for James, the exploding and warm with walls Breakwell. And, uh, oh, I sort of screwed up my outro already. Hey, two wrongs can't make a right. <laughs>